Hello and welcome to the Intentional Soul, the home for the highly functioning spiritual types out in the world. It is here that we look at the world and ourselves through the lens of higher consciousness, connecting deeply to who and what we really are. Now, my name is Tom Ross, spiritual teacher, healer, spiritual nonconformist, and I am your host for these conversations. On the Intentional Soul, we hear not only from me, but from people who are living intentionally, openly, and authentically in their world. We'll hear their stories of personal transformation while sharing best practices and tactics to help you get the most out of this game called life. Now, nothing is off limits as we seek to expand ourselves and our awareness and live, ultimately, our most authentic lives. Let's dive in. All right. Very excited to have Miss Carolyn Wallace with us here today. Carolyn is a licensed independent clinical social worker and is a psychotherapist, a spiritual director, and an archetypal consultant with almost 20 years of experience guiding people through the process of transformation. And while she's worked in various modalities, uh, really archetypal consulting is really the most powerful and transformative that you found uh, in your years of guiding people through your process. Is that accurate? It is accurate. It seems to really resonate most with me and uh, the people I work with and what I'm hoping to bring to the world. I love it. I love it. I'm very, very, very excited. Your your biography, as I was as I was reading it, literally screams like a bridge between two worlds. Uh, as far as like how I interpret when I see when I see language like psychotherapist, clinical uh, licensed social worker, and spiritual advisor and archetypal, you know, consultant. Um, I'm so excited. Tell me, tell me a little bit about yourself and your background, if you don't mind. Well, my background is in social work. And before, well, I got a master's degree in social work a long, long, long time ago, and then was too terrified to do anything with it because I had no confidence in myself. So I went to the Peace Corps and learned Spanish for a while. And then I came back and became a yoga teacher. And that was really my first foray into um, into spiritual work and grounding and helping me manage my own anxiety. And it was only after a couple of years teaching yoga, I moved to the Berkshires in Massachusetts so I could be close to Kripalu Center. I was a yoga teacher there, workshop leader there. Then I developed the confidence to get back into my social work degree, get licensed and become a therapist. But it kind of, I had a circuitous route there. That's awesome. Okay. So, so the, the yoga that you practice and I'm sorry, what was the school that you, you practiced through? Kripalu, it's in the Berkshires of Massachusetts, the Kripalu oh. Center for Yoga and Health. Okay. And is it a particular type of, uh, of, of yoga or a particular yoga discipline? It is. It's its own, it's its own discipline. Yeah. Okay. It's found it's an old monastery. The building is an old monastery situated in this beautiful, beautiful setting in the Berkshire mountains of Western Massachusetts. Sounds um, divine. It is divine. It is divine. I was very, very lucky to have spent time there. So, so for our, our listeners, you know, many of them are, are unaware that yoga has so many different branches and so many different uh, perspectives and, uh, you know, different expressions of itself. Say if I'm doing hot yoga, that is one type of, of yoga, less involved on the spiritual side. And then over here, you have like, say, a kundalini yoga, which is a very deep breath work related, super, um, you know, a lot of a lot of release work in different areas. Like, like between those two spectrums, where does your yogic discipline fall? And can you tell me just a little bit about it? That is a really interesting question. Um, 
Kripalu Yoga, now, you know, it's been a lot of years since I've been there. So I hope the people who are listening who are Kripalu Yoga practitioners don't um, don't find some flaw in what I'm saying. But they teach that whatever emotions come up, if it's discomfort in a particular yoga pose, a physical discomfort, if it's a emotional discomfort that you're experiencing, the thing to do with any type of discomfort is to breathe, relax, feel, watch, and allow. And you're doing that in your physical world. You're doing that in your emotional world. It's it's uh, not pushing away things that feel difficult and breathing just to create some space around the experience that you're having. I think I'm hoping I'm doing a decent job of explaining a lot of where Kripalu Yoga comes from. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that, that's amazing. And I think that there's so many like yoga is such an, an incredible tool and such an amazing first step for so many people to have this awareness of that there's an observer that's go that's that's a, that's observing and experiencing what's happening in the body. I, I I remember I was in a triangle pose like maybe in uh in 2012 or whatever when I was you know running just some standard hatha you know kind of yoga. I remember being in that triangle pose and just like shaking my whole body shaking. I'm like, I all of a sudden I started going, I resist everything in my life. You know, it's just such an incredible teacher. And you, and you literally use that discipline to, 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 you know, rewire your, whatever was causing anxiety or, or nerves and actually, and actually go after your advanced degree is what I'm understanding. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I got I was living in Washington, D.C., and I commuted back and forth to get my 200 hour yoga teacher certification. And I thought I need more of this. So I moved to Massachusetts, where I still am today, and got my 500 hour uh, training and taught yoga at Kripalu and became part of the R&R department and taught different workshops and became a dance teacher and did all that good stuff. I needed to be immersed in that environment. My nervous system really needed it. That's so amazing. So let's talk about uh, about transformation. So that that word uh, uh, appears a, a lot uh, on your on your website, um, you know. And and what does so what does transformation mean to you in in the discipline that, that you're working with people in? Transformation means going from our default systems. You know, uh, Carolyn Mace, the 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 program that I became certified in, the archetypal program I became certified in, talks about the three levels of consciousness. And the first one is the chronos level of consciousness. And that's where we're just acting by default. That's where uh, we get triggered. That's where the way it's always been. You know, if I am about to go into a job interview and I've had 20 years of anxiety, then I'm going to be an anxious mess going into this job interview. That's the chronos. That's like, we just kind of behave this way without thinking about it. And the next level of consciousness is called Kairos. And Kairos is where we can start to have our own thoughts as an individual. Like, huh, maybe I have had 20 years of anxiety, but maybe, you know, I could do some exercises and think about things a certain way and prep for this interview in a way that it could come out differently this time. You know, and you can do that with any area of your life. What what do I think and feel? It doesn't have to be the way it's always been. And then when you're really living life according to your choices, your your actions, your deliberate actions to change your default, if you become a victim at the first sign of a conflict or if someone criticizes you and you go into victim mode or victimizer mode and you want to attack them, you can, you know, the Kairos is saying, wait a minute, maybe I don't have to behave that way. I can behave in a more mature way. I can behave in a more regulated way. 
then through our actions, the cosmic level of consciousness can come in and really just blow our minds with the integration of of who we were before, who we're trying to become, the process of becoming, and and can um, just kind of shine a light on where the divinity can enter into the patterns that are already happening in our lives. Got it. So there, there are essentially three different, like three different levels of of consciousness, if uh, if you will. It sounds like one is like rote survival. One yeah. is there. One is there is a a component of awareness or will uh, that that happens. Yeah. And then and then the the last is uh, is more in my understanding it's it's more like of a a universal consciousness or what can like what's what's possible or can yeah, you Yeah, like a, the archetypal level would be the cosmic. It kind of rides in on the coattails of our efforts, our efforts of trying to do a little better in our lives. Okay. Um, awesome. All right. So, um all right, can you, right. Tell you want me an, more? Do you want an example? Okay. I want an example. Yeah. Okay, here's an example. A couple of years ago, I had young young children, and uh, I was the only adult. I had a partner, married, right? I had a partner who was never home, and I was the one doing all of the child care. I had a full time job, <clears throat> all the grocery shopping, you know, and the the husband was never home, and I was doing all the work. And you know, I felt like a victim. I was like, "We need to go to couples therapy. This is not working for me." You know, nothing was ever changing. Victim, victim, victim. So then I started studying archetypes, started learning about the victim archetype and understanding that there was a path out of that pattern. So then I started to say, huh, okay, well, how do you evolve the victim? You have to take on a little bit of warrior energy. You have to become more of a warrior. You have to start having boundaries. Mm. Warrior doesn't mean attacking. It means protecting yourself, holding your hands up like this and saying, I'm not going to allow that to happen anymore. I stand in my own authority here and I protect myself. You know, so once I discovered that, that was a game changer. And I started taking little steps at a time to start bringing some boundaries to my life and saying, this is what I'm going to do. And this is what I'm not going to do. Like, I think I just wrote about this in an article. The first thing I did was I started going to the gym. I mean, you might think the first thing I did was saying, I want a divorce. This isn't working. I first started going to the gym. I needed to claim some time for myself. I needed to get my body stronger. I need to get more clarity. And over time, I developed the little pieces of courage, which are Kairos, right? I kept making the choices to uh, eventually got an apartment, moved with my kids and got a divorce. So, you know, when I first started on this journey, I thought really what I wanted was like help with dishes and dinner. And here I am running two businesses and talking to people about the divine potential of their lives. So that's where the cosmic come in comes in. I wasn't even thinking that far ahead. All I knew was that as I was unhappy, I needed to make a change. I kept following my intuition studying archetypes and life really expanded in a really big way. And I'm hoping it will continue to. That's amazing. So, so right now, like, how would you say that, that life is, is you know, different than from, from what you had imagined or, or thought possible? Life is bigger than I thought possible. You know, I never really thought that I could really be working with people through transformation. I was always the one in the chronos, right? I was the one who was disempowered. I was the one who was so full of anxiety. I was too fearful to go out and look for my life. You know, I'm the one who joined the Peace Corps. I mean, a Peace Corps is wonderful and I had other reasons for doing it, but the truth is I was afraid to get a real job. You know, like I was someone who lived in so much fear and 
never thought that I could be the one leading others to a higher versions of themselves than they ever realized were there. So that is how life is is very different. Now I'm I'm doing a lot of writing. I'm getting some articles published. I'm speaking. I'm doing workshops. It's it's tremendous, and I I hope this is just the beginning. That's so so amazing. How does how does one tap into, uh, let's say, an archetypal pattern like warrior? Like like what what is that process of of being able to access that energy? You know, a lot of it is just, well, go back to the yoga. Think of a yoga posture of just mountain pose, right? You're grounding, you're standing, grounding your feet down into the floor and your crown of your head is lifted up. And, uh, but this time, instead of just keeping your arms at your sides, you kind of put both hands out in front of you and it's in a protective gesture. And so the victim, let's go back to the victim for just a minute. The victim kind of has a storyline saying, I'm not allowed to do this. There's some oppressive force that keeps me from having nice things. But the warrior puts their hands up and says, I will not allow that to keep happening to me. So if you stand in that posture and you put your hands out and you practice saying, I will not allow, whether it's someone coming towards you trying to oppress you or just your own thoughts keeping you trapped, you know, I'm too anxious for that. What if you got a warrior posture going on saying, no, that's no, Maybe you have been too anxious to do that in the past, but that's not what's true today. Today, we're going to transform that. Today, we're going to make a different choice. We're going to pull on some archetypes that can help us. Awesome. So, so there's a component of it, which is like literally physically embodying the, you know, the, the, uh, the posture of, of whatever you happen to be working in that's appropriate for the transformation that somebody is, is seeking. Is that what I'm understanding? I wouldn't say that's true for every person. That's definitely true for me as an old yoga teacher. You know, that's mm-hmm. true. That's what works for me. I don't, you know, when I lead people through this work, I lead people through identifying their 12 archetypes and how we're going to evolve all of them from shadow to light. Very rarely do I have them assume a posture to create the next level. But if they're a truly embodied person and yoga really works for them, then that's a great way to come at it. Awesome. So your story sounds like it sounds like there's a just a deeply courageous aspect of of your uh, of your process. So um, would you mind talking a little bit about like where you had to draw on courage or faith to to make this transformation that you've that you made? Yeah, I mean, it's really beautiful you're using the words courage and faith because there are four archetypes that are universal to all of us, according to this program. I mean, there's other other systems that are all valid. But um, so four archetypes that we all share are the victim, the prostitute, the child, and the saboteur. And evolving those four, even if we just looked at those four and we didn't bring in any others, it's can take you down such a transformational path. So for example, if you're sabotaging yourself and not taking the steps you need, or you keep engaging in behaviors that keep you stuck, that's your saboteur, your saboteur is strong. What the saboteur needs is some kind of liberating force. And then the light side of the saboteur, we call the guardian of choice. So this liberating force will allow you to make the choices you need to take a step forward to do the next right thing for your own development, to reach your goals. And the victim goes through the warrior to become the guardian of self-esteem. And there is a real act of courage that has to happen to take all of these steps. And that's your Cairo step. 
you know, I could talk about more of them if you want to, but um, it courage yeah. is a big piece of this. Because you, you literally, it's it's like, you know, I think one of the things that that not everybody is um, super fluent in is there's a payoff to everything that you are and everything that you get. Like I get a payoff when I'm a victim. I get a payoff, like how my life is constructed and the, in the ego, you know, that, that I am, or let's say the, say the, 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 the unconscious mind that I am, you know, wants to defend the status quo. And so like there is to, to go through a transformative process into something else that like the courage is like, if I let this thing go, you know, like what is, you know, like what is possible on the other side? And uh, it, it is a deeply you know, courageous process. But you talk about liberating force. What is what is a liberating force? I, it sounded like you re, you you mentioned like warrior is a liberating force to victim. But is it an archetype or is it something else that's uh, well, the that, liberator? Well, see, it's so funny. I'm in this wonderful group of uh, of women that we meet every Tuesday night and we kind of talk about all this stuff. So we were talking about what's the bridge. So if the victim is eventually going to become the guardian of self-esteem, the bridge would be the warrior. So if mm. the saboteur is eventually going to become the guardian of choice, what kind of bridge would that be? And we kind of talked about it and decided a liberator would be an example of an archetype you could call on to just get you over that hump. Like think of someone who wants to start an exercise routine. And every time the alarm goes off at 6 a.m., they keep hitting snooze until it's too late to exercise that morning. So they need some kind of extra push to get them over that hump so that they're making the choice to move toward their goal, which is to get up and exercise, start getting healthier if that's their goal, whatever their goal is. But you need some kind of an extra push. Like, for example, if you're acting like a like a child, which we all have the child archetype, I don't know how to do that. You know, that's more powerful than me. It's another very disempowered, can be a disempowered state, right? What we need to become, well, anyway, that's a little confusing, but we need a a sovereign archetype, an adult type archetype that can come in and say, okay, really, who's leading here? You're, You're acting like a child. What if there was an adult here that we could call the sovereign who was actually in charge of your life in an adult, responsible, mature way and can make choices from a perspective that is that leaves the childlike part behind, like what you said. And there's an ego undoing that happens with all of these processes. Because you're right, we do need to leave behind the old disempowered parts of ourselves in order to step into the greater potential of who we are. And it's hard. Yeah. Well, one of the things I loved on, on your website when I was uh, when um, I was you know, taking a gander earlier is, you know, you go to great lengths to, I think, um, reference honoring the role that victim had in this in your in your particular transformation and i think that that's one of the it's one of the the hangups that some people have is like is like that there's something wrong that needs to be fixed and like that's not necessarily the case it's more like is this thing serving me or is it not serving me however however to to resist it or make it wrong actually makes makes part of myself wrong i just i loved how you how you talked in your in your story about making peace with you know uh the that aspect as you were as you were transforming into something else. Yeah, I think that goes right back to what we were talking about about the the language that Kripalu Yoga uses. It's the breathe, relax, feel, watch, and allow. And that when the cosmic comes in, the highest level of consciousness, it integrates all that shadow and all that light and understands that the transformation would have never happened unless there had been something 
to transform. You know, like we wanted something different. Being a victim wasn't really working for us anymore. So we had to take those steps to get divorced, start an exercise program, whatever it is that you want in your life. But without that, that kind of friction of, I don't want this, I do want that, the transformation would never happen. Yeah. It's a, it's a, the catalyst. Sorry, go on. I just said it's part of being on earth on the planet. That's kind of what happens here. Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, a group and, and have you in the, in your transformative process, uh, obviously you were, you were part of a, a yoga community, however, and what you're doing right now, specific to, uh, to archetype, have you been like a lone wolf or do you actually have a, 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 a large kind of support group or community that you, that you access? Uh, how, how, do, how does that look for you? I started off as a lone wolf and I didn't make much progress. And I started reaching out. I got my own spiritual director, my own archetypal consultant to work with. And then I got tapped into other groups that are um, aligned with Carolyn Mace's program. And I did a year long program called a fate to destiny, where you try to transform an aspect of yourself that your fate, like your archetypes in the shadow will lead you toward a fate. But if you're conscious about it, your archetypes in the light will lead you toward a destiny. And it's a year long program. So I did this wonderful program with a a number of women and we've stayed friends the years over now, but we've stayed friends. We meet every Tuesday night and we talk so deeply about these things and we're wonderful supports for one another. We bring issues from our own lives and we kind of get some group consultation about what's going on. We bring issues with clients in. I would not be where I am now without without the support of that group. That's so awesome. Uh, would you talk a little bit? You are very committed to uh, to women's empowerment and and through you know and through you know, women's transformational uh, uh, journeys. Uh, would you mind talking a little bit about the, uh, you know, the, the call with that particular focus or talk about and also talk about like how you take uh, women through uh, your process? And do you only work with women also? The answer is no, I don't only work with women. And I, you know, it's like a, a niche market that I try to market to mostly because women in our culture historically have been more oppressed than men. But there's there are many, many brilliant men in this work doing the work. And um, if any man wants to come, I'd be happy to take them on as a client or or have conversations with them about this. It's more about the energy. If there's a, a masculine, the, the masculine energy, I think in our culture overall, the masculine energy, we need masculine energy. We need structure and we need like the heart of the masculine, but it's run a little bit rampant in our culture. And uh, which I, you know, I don't want to, and that, that doesn't have to necessarily be a man's fault. It can be women too, but there's like a, you know, the yin and the yang, the yang has gotten a little out of control and now our earth is kind of burning down. So I think bringing that yin energy a little more forward is really imperative. And we need women to, and men also to bring forward the truth of who they are without fear, without fear that they're going to get shut down. And the fear is there because historically lots of women and their voices have been shut down. So let's, let's bolster these people to, to say what they need to say and kind of stand up to the Kronos, the way it's always been in our culture and stand up and say something different. Like I believe something different. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a, there's an incredible awareness that's uh, that's beginning to occur in uh, you know in people, and 
I'm excited for the next, as much as I'm dreading the next election cycle, I'm excited for the next 10 years. How about that? So. Well, I'm glad you're excited for the next 10 years. I think there's a lot of possibility for transformation, let's just say. When did you know that this kind of work was was really like your calling? And like, is it a specific event or moment or are you just kind of just found yourself blossoming into into what you are now? Well, it, it's kind of evolved. I mean, I remember my very first yoga class I took, you know, I'm dating myself. It was before year 2000, 1990 something. I was in Washington, D.C., took my first yoga class. And in that first yoga class, I knew that this was going to be a very important piece of my life because I came out of that class not having anxiety for like the first time in my life. And I knew that I was just going to take it as far as I could, because there was something there that resonated with me. Um, And so that was the first piece. I didn't know then I was going to be doing all this archetype transformational work, but like each step that I took led me to the next level. And then I took about 10 years off to have children, which was also wonderful in its own way where I wasn't doing too much stuff. Um, Now I'm back at it again. So. How do you reconcile? um, And for me, I mean, it's it's just a, it's a, maybe a a perspective that isn't really relevant in your world. However, when I think psychotherapy and I think spirituality, you know, for many people who listen, who are listening, like those are almost two mutually exclusive domains, you know, those, those two, those two different ideas. So how do you integrate or reconcile uh, just those two popular understanding uh the under, the popular understanding of those two domains i think it's just my perspective i mean if someone comes to me you know i have the two the two businesses i have are separate and if someone comes to me for psychotherapy i'm not talking archetypes god goddess you know cosmic transformation i'm talking i'm i'm you know, I'm following the letter of the law of to what those people expect. There are some people, however, if I notice an archetypal pattern coming forward, and if I feel like they're receptive to it, I might speak to it. And if, you know, there's a shutdown and they're not interested, that's perfectly fine. That's really not what we're here to do anyway. But if there's a receptivity to it and they're saying, tell me more about that, and they get excited about it and then start thinking about how transformation can happen, we talk a little bit more about that. So it really just depends on what what the client is is wanting and what they resonate with. But it's nothing that I it's I exclusively do, especially with my therapy clients. It's 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 there if it's there if there's um interest. Yeah, but there's sense. lots of other ways to be with a therapy client that does not involve that. And nor should it, not for everybody. Yeah, I I love it. Um what's the <laughs> do you have a spiritual radar? Do I have a spiritual radar? I always tell people I joke around and, and I'm like, I'm like, usually within the first couple minutes of meeting somebody, it's it's like I'm gonna it's like I have a radar that goes up and it's like, oh, those are people that are interested in talking about like spirituality or consciousness or something like that. Like there's a word that's dropped or a context that's uh that, do you have that as well? Maybe a little bit. Um, I think it just takes time to get to know people. And in general social situations, people just don't really jump off the deep end talking about this stuff. But, you know, over time, if there's a dinner party or a conversation, if the conversation starts heading in that direction, then that's really great. That's exciting. And often it never does. And that's okay too. 
So that's you're you're hanging out in East Coast dinner parties with your uh, with, with with the with the the Protestant culture. That's the uh, welcome out to the West Coast. It gets it can jump in the deep end real fast. You are probably right about the Massachusetts East Coast culture. Yeah, you got it. That's funny. Um, we we talked a little bit about your about your newsletter and the publications. You mentioned that you're starting to uh, you're getting uh, published. Um, I'm going to be published in a magazine called True Bold Magazine. Um, the end of this month, I don't know exactly when it's coming out, but it's a, a whole story about how I use the archetypes to help me leave my marriage. That's why it was so fresh in my mind. And that'll be published. And then I just have a little blog. It's, I'm really just getting started with it. And um, I'm talking I've on, on my blog, on my website, I've talked about all of the four survivor archetypes and how to evolve those with some examples and some suggestions. If you're kind of stuck in saboteur, what you might want to think about to, to get out of it, or if you're stuck in child mode or victim mode or even prostitute mode, what we can do. And when you say, uh, you just mentioned, uh, did I hear you say you called them survivor or survival uh, archetypes? Survivor archetypes. It doesn't matter. It, they're survivor archetypes. They're the archetypes we kind of developed to survive our childhoods. Okay. Would you mind um, explaining the next like level. So if it's a survivor archetype, like what's, what's the, what's the, an archetype uh, above that, or is there a group of them above that or is it? No, it's not really set up like that. The the survivor, you know, all the archetypes really are survival archetypes that we develop uh, that show up in Kronos. They're all there some in some way, they all have shadow and light sides and it's our job. I think once we realize it's our job to, to understand what our archetypes are, because once, like, for example, what if you had the artist archetype and, and you weren't using it and there was some kind of a depression that you were feeling every day. And then you realize, you know, I've been given this, this gift to be an artist, this, this artist archetype. And if you're not using it, and then you become aware that you're really not doing so well in your life, or there's a depression, or it feels like something's missing, you kind of have an obligation to step into your ability to express this from its light side. So not only you start to feel better, but an artist is supposed to be just, for example, a conduit between the divine and, and making manifest on earth you know, what a divine potential would be making it manifest through whatever art form they're using, there's an obligation there, it serves all of humanity. So it's, it's really vital that we know what our individual archetypes are so that we can do our best to consciously create our lives, not just live by default. So amazing. So, so, so good. Um, if you were going to share something with someone who's, you know, maybe listening and if they're feeling stuck, longing to take a risk or, you know, to be more of who they really are, uh, but they're afraid, like, what would you share to somebody listening like that? I would share, try to go to the, there's a gallery of archetypes. I don't know the exact link. It's on, if you Google gallery of archetypes, there's like 72 archetypes. There's also many, there's hundreds of archetypes. It's not the only resource. Start there, start clicking through them and seeing what resonates with you. And the ones that really resonate with you, there's a chance that those are yours that you come by. Everybody has 12, according to this program. Everybody has 12, the four survivors that we've mentioned and eight others. So if you're feeling stuck, get to know what your archetypes are, because it could be that you're trying to become something 
that really isn't meant for you to do. Not that you can't like create whatever it is that you want in your life. But for example, I don't have the artist archetype. You know, what if I went through my life feeling really bad that I was not able to create art? Well, you know, I can create art, that's fine. But what if my real job is to be a sage, which is one of the archetypes that I have, and a mystic? I'm much happier being a sage and a mystic than I would ever be trying to be an artist. It's just not for me. It's just not my thing. Other people would be great at it. I'm much happier over here doing what I'm actually supposed to be doing because those are my archetypes. Does that make sense? Very, very much so. That's 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 awesome. Um, I have a follow-up question uh, that uh, that maybe we'll edit out or maybe we'll keep in. Uh, and that is, um, do archetypes, do you think archetypes change or evolve over over a different lifetimes over different lifetimes you know i think they probably do you know i'm not really one to speak about different lifetimes i know that whatever archetype winds up in your 12th house um what i help people do is is cast their archetype wheel once they know they're 12 we'll cast their wheel and then we find out which archetype lands in which house and whatever lands in your 12th house what they say is that you've you come into incarnation with that archetype having been very prominent in in past lives. So that's really all I am qualified to speak about. I know sure. that all house archetypes come from some some place like that, um, yeah. and so therefore we are trying. We are evolving that archetype in this lifetime as best. And for, we can. And for our uh, for our listeners, uh, our. We're we're presupposing for a moment, hypothetically, that you're a soul, the soul's infinite, and the soul has lived potentially thousand human human lifetimes. Now, this exists in the realm of unprovable conjecture. However, uh, in my modality of applied kinesiology uh, and the uh, rapid enlightenment process or advanced rapid enlightenment process, it tests strong. Um, and we don't know. However, that was the direction of my question was wondering if archetypes tend to uh, shift or change or evolve uh, over time. So thank you for uh, for indulging me on that uh, that question, Carolyn. Appreciate it. Yeah. There's also ancestral patterns, which we won't get into now. Um, ancestral Ooh. patterns, we can really evolve those through our archetypes, which may, may, may not amazing. have anything to do with past lives, but um, an ancestral pattern can <laughs> be evolved in this lifetime. Genetics matter, DNA matters, um, family yeah. history matters. Absolutely. So with, with all the... All, all the success that you've had, what's the what's the biggest challenge that you're that you're currently working on, or the biggest opportunity as you as you kind of see it in your path going forward? I guess getting the word out, getting the word out that this is such a powerful transformative process. I want everyone to know about it, whether they come to me or to someone else. I want people to to use this modality to help make the world a better place, to help empower people in their lives, to give people courage to see who it is that they they are, they're supposed to be being, they're not supposed to be being someone else. Be true to yourself, be true to who you are and how your archetypes express in your own life. That's what I want for people to hear. I love it. And so how can people get a hold of you? Carolyn Grace Wallace at gmail.com. Right now, okay, right now my website is radiantlifedirection.com. I'm about to have a big website turnover. I'm not sure I'm going to keep that domain or not. So the email might be the best way. Also, I'm on Facebook as Your Radiant Life with Carolyn Wallace, and that's going to stay. Um, so Love those it. are some places you can find me. Thank you so very, very much for uh, joining us today here on the Intentional Soul Podcast. I love 
talking to uh, talking to fellow uh, healers and seekers and uh, look forward to you know getting to know your work uh, more intimately. So thank you so very much for, for being with us here today. Really great to be here. Thank you. All right. This has been another episode of the Intentional Soul Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember to leave a five-star review if you found this content of value. And as always... I'm your host, Tom Ross, Master Practitioner of the Advanced Rapid Enlightenment Process and Rapid Enlightenment Process developed by Matthew Ferry. You can reach me at Tom at TomRossTalks.com and the website to engage and be a part of any classes, trainings, or sessions I have going on is www.TomRossTalks.com. Until next time, peace. Peace.